1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This, 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 this is, is, is is fight disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 794. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA preview for the weekend coming up. Yeah, a bit of cage worries in Dublin. Yeah, a bit of UFC over in the United States. And of course, a celebration of a fella from Down Under that just keeps on going. That's right, the one and only Alexander the Great. Uh, Before we get stuck in, fightdisciples.com is our website. Head there, have a nosy round. We've got a store. You can buy some of our merchandise. But more importantly, you can also subscribe to the audio feed of the podcast, uh, whether you want it on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, whatever. We've got the lot. Have a little uh, bit of a go on that. and Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the stuff that we're bringing you. We are going to UFC 294 next week, and there's going to be a plethora of content coming your way. We don't want you to miss it. You'll get a notification every single time if you're a subscriber, all right? You don't have to listen. Might be too much for you. I don't know, but it's all free. So hit subscribe so you don't miss out, and that goes for YouTube as well please uh, subscribe to us there. Even if you're an audio listener, get over to YouTube and just say, you know something? I'm going to help the lads out because we we, we need to grow the community. Just hit subscribe. Even when you get the notification, if you don't want to look at our ugly faces, no problem, man. Just bin it. But stay as a subscriber. It just helps grow the algorithm and therefore hopefully more fight fans from around the world get to see the stuff that we're talking about. And as I said, we're on the ground in Abu Dhabi next week for UFC 294. Uh, So we'll be bringing you uh, closer to the... Action. Um, I'm going to start there, mate. It's the biggest news story. I know that there's fights this week. I know there is. Yeah? But the little guy from Down Under, he's doing it again. I feel so much. And uh, oh, sorry for Charles Oliveira because he's earned the opportunity to uh, to get himself back to championship uh, class against Isla Makachev, get this rematch on. We saw what he did against Benil Dariush. He was absolutely awesome. Um, in the closing stages of his final spar, he split his eye open. He's had stitches. He's never going to recover in time. Uh, it's not safe enough for him to uh, take on a fight of that magnitude. And the UFC have rightfully said, listen, man, step to the side. We are going to bring in the Volkanovski. He's, we're going to make, Christ. We're going to make that rematch. And Volk has gone, G'day, boys. Get on the plane. Here we fucking go. <laughs> 11 days dude man mate that's what, this, that's what. this is why I fucking love this game man of course dudes like that and, and listen I'd, I don't want to draw that comparison
0: to boxing but if this was boxing it'd be tin can alley time it'd be anyone brought in just to save the fucking event and push it forward and the fact that you know they could have gone they could have gone someone like Gamros you know his, mate he's the back lots of fire Coming he off two great booked. wins. He's booked Gamrot. to go anyway. He's booked to make weight. He's booked to go there. He, he so as soon as they find human. out Charles Oliveira, instead of ringing Gamrot and going, yeah, kid, I know you're ready. You're making weight. You're traveling. You're the guy you're in now. I think most people have gone, oh, that's disappointing. Gutted, man. All right, well, listen, you can't argue with Gamrot. You can't can't do nothing about Charlie Oliveira. He was Elvis. the backup injury. fighter anyway. Yeah. He's the backup fighter. All right, took a little bit of a shine off it, but it makes sense. But instead, the UFC have gone... It's not what we do, man. We're not boxing. That's not what we do. Pass me that phone. Let's just see if the little Aussies out of bed. And Volkanovski takes the call. 11 days notice. Do you want to re- I know, We know you're preparing for the featherweight title fight. We know you've got an opponent lined up. Everything sorted. But actually, do you want to get jump back in with that rematch of the belt that you almost won? 11 days notice. The greatest fighter on the planet, period. Pound for pound, period. Does not say no. The greatest fighter on planet Earth today says, fucking right I do, mate. Pack the <laughs> fucking Marmite. I'm going to fucking Abu Dhabi. Saying fucking Sational.
1: Fucking hell. He's, and
0: he, he, I've got, I bet you... have Volkanovski pyjamas. That's it. I'm taking Volkanovski pyjamas.
1: And I bet he fights in fucking January as well against aporia Yep. The fucking dude is a he's just a beast, mate. He goes, don't worry, he'll ya. I've booked you, mate. I'll see you in January. I'm just going to fucking take care of this in the meantime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a day. He, he's, he's unreal. Absolutely unreal. And he'll, he'll feel like he's old one. You know, he was out in Abu Dhabi last time anyway, when Makachev fought Charles Oliveira the first time around. He, he travelled anyway. He was the backup fighter then. And he'll be like, okay, get me back over there, man. I, I had a bit of business to take care of. And the fact that this is... Kind of what we were talking about originally, anyway. Yeah. You know, Makachev went effectively to Australia, to Volkanovsky's backyard. It's only fair that if they're going to do it again, it's in, you could argue, Makachev's backyard, the uh, the playground of the Russians, the Middle East. It's worked out. It's worked out perfectly. I've got to be honest, I was quite cynical when I first seen a headline first thing this morning. I was like, I'm sure I said at the time, after Charles Oliveira rejected the fight three times, I was like, he ain't gonna take that fight, man. He's gonna pull out. <clears throat> but obviously, we get this close to it. And then this morning I was like, Oh, really? So that's why I desperately had to search around and I, I found the photographs of you Charles Oliveira. Eye, mate, with the cut over Charles. his eye. I'm Charles like, is, fucking 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 Jesus Christ. There's no way he could have fought You know, it's a it's a massive gash. Right across the top of his eye, had it been on the top of his head, side of his face, anywhere away from his eyes, maybe they could have double stitched it. They could have done everything they can to get as healed as possible. But just in that position, right across his eyebrow, there's nothing you can do at this stage. So uh, credit to the UFC for going. Got camera there, man. His it's, it's flight's booked. It's done. Don't worry about it. And they have gone. You know what? That's not what we do. That's not what the best fight promotion on planet Earth does. Just ring him. See if he's up. Go on. Ring him. And fucking Volkanovsky, man. (laughs) Fucking Volkanovsky. You're damn right, mate. You're (laughs) damn right. I love him. I love him. He's the greatest.
1: Yeah, there is a little bit of a worry.
0: Four pound.
1: Listen, there's a little bit of a worry as well about the core men. Uh, it is being reported, nothing confirmed yet, but it is being reported that uh, Paolo Costa's crazy elbow injury is going to keep him out of this co main event against uh, Hamza Chimaev. So they're scrambling around looking for a replacement opponent for Hamza. Maybe. Hopefully that, hopefully Maybe. he stays on the card. Yeah, Hopefully they can rectify that because that is a fight that everybody's captivated by, Costa versus uh, Chimaev. Uh, I don't know what direction they were going. Uh, Roman de Lidze has, uh, I think, thrown his hand up. This is a good fight, but it's not the same. It's not the same. No. Um, anyway. Let's not dilute what is happening in that main event. The fucking little fella is having a go again. Fuck me, man. Um, I'm going to put a video out a little later on about uh, uh, last-minute replacement opponent victories in the UFC uh, <laughs> and, and where this would uh, where this would stand um, amongst the greatest. Uh, so stick around for that. That will be on our YouTube channel. Fight Disciples is where we're at there. Let's talk fights. Got some fights this week. Uh, We'll do UFC 294 next week when we're on the ground, man. Um, I'm going to start in Dublin, if I may, uh, because Cage Warriors is rocking up in town. Uh, Cage Warriors 161, Dublin the destination. Uh, there's a couple of guys on there that we are big fans of that are participating in uh, in fights in the lightweight division. Uh, I'll go to Paul Hughes, first and foremost, because he's probably the most talented. Is he? Yeah, you know, I'll, th- I'll say it. He's one of, definitely one of the most talented fighters outside of the UFC uh, from Britain or Ireland. He is a top, top class fighter. I saw him fall short, actually, against Jordan and Then, obviously, he ended up winning the rematch in sensational fashion. He's a Belfast boy, uh, born in Sydney, Australia. Random, we've gone from Volkanovski to to Paul Hughes. Um, But I would not be surprised if he is on the list of fighters, if the UFC are coming to Ireland, Dublin, I know he's Belfast, but if he if they are coming at some point next year, I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Hughes maybe gets the call, because he's just maybe he's outgrown it a bit now he's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent we haven't seen him uh, for about a year since that rematch uh, with vicencic uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, do his thing against Jan Juan Hagens, apologies for the pronunciation of the name, the Key Belgian Higgins.
0: lad Key Hagens. Yes, eh?
1: Ke Key Hagens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, listen, the kid's coming in on he's got bags of confidence. Um, yeah. lad's coming in on fire, he's got finishes galore. I think he's got five on the spin, three of them being in actual cage warriors. But he hasn't fought this dude, uh, and no. this level, in my opinion, before. So, a good test for him, uh, and a good opportunity for Paul Hughes to set the world on fire,
0: absolutely. But you're right, Key Hagens. Yeah. Can punch his own ticket here because the big narrative out of out of ireland is how x y and z getting signed by ufc and paul hughes isn't there's a lot of people banging that paul hughes drum to go this is the guy you're overlooking him if anyone should be in the ufc it should be this guy and this they they will want this as a final springboard to go right it's got to be now but the fight's up at 155 pounds. We've seen Paul Hughes spend a lot of time at featherweight. This is up at lightweight. Key Higgins is a lightweight. Okay, he's coming in at late notes, which is why the fight's been moved. But still, kid's got 11 wins, 11 finishes on his record. Never mind his last five. All his fights have been finishes. Something like nine knock- uh, eight knockouts and three submissions in 11 wins. Yes, he's lost four. But he hasn't lost for a while. He hasn't lost for a couple of years.
1: Yeah. Only well, we three cage to- warriors, though, mate. Only three no, I know that, players. I know that,
0: and you know, there's, there's levels to there's this levels. game, I, I yeah. appreciate that, and it will be heavily slanted towards Paul Hughes, but also, when you're at home, when you're the main event, when you're the guy that is sick of now doing interviews with, especially Irish MMA media, who are <laughs> like, are Paul, man, how do you feel, you've been overlooked again, you're the guy, you're the fucking guy man, you should be in the UFC, you should be in the UFC, how does this make you feel? That brings a completely different level of pressure because now people are putting you on a pedestal where you've got to deliver. You're going in against a guy that's incredibly dangerous and from the weight division above. So this is a real danger one for Paul Hughes. Yeah, listen, of course, if I was putting money on it, I'd say he comes through, he comes through in style, he punches his tickets, fantastic. But still, Key Hagens will know. There's noise behind this kid. Everyone's selling Dana White, Paul Hughes, Paul Hughes, Paul Hughes. If I beat Paul Hughes, then Dana White goes, Well, maybe you weren't right. Keygens, come on, kid. We haven't got fucking ma- how many Belgians have we got on the show? Not many. Gives us another nationality. <whistles> Step into the octagon. So he knows he is literally three, five minute rounds away from punching his ticket without the pressure that Paul Hughes has got. So I like the fight, man. It's a it's a good main event.
1: Yeah, man. Um Mason Jones is also on this card. He's Don't taking drive. on uh, Jan uh um, I like I like what is happening here. <clears throat> it reminds me... Fuck, I forgot his name. Who was the kid that they propelled to the UFC, ran into Hamzat, and then he came back? Oh, McKee. That's it. Reese McKee. Well, thank you very much for reminding me. I apologies, Reese, for forgetting. I just had a mind fart there. Very yeah. similar. Reese, brilliant, ran into... Went to the UFC, got a really tough, tough draw, then came back done brilliantly, and now, of course, right, mate, back at the big time. Let's get rocking and rolling. Mason Jones, uh, for me, uh, it's a very similar story. He was brilliant, Multi-ti- uh, multi-time, multi-weight world champion uh, in the Cage Warriors. Everybody was going wild about this kid uh, from yeah. Wales. He's the boy. He's the boy. Keep an eye on him. And then he gets his opportunity, doesn't he, after after what he did in, in Cage Warriors. He gets his opportunity with the UFC, but he gets that opportunity at a really weird time Pandemic time. Everything's fucking up in the air. It's all crazy. There's Everything's behind closed doors, right? You can only fight whilst you go to Abu Dhabi on this island. Your gym's not open, by the way, so you can't train properly. All this type of thing. And he gets Mike Davis early doors, right? Um, Mike, And he ends up losing the fight. Fight of the night. It's an absolute firecracker. And you're thinking, mate, welcome to the big leagues. Think of all the things that are against you right now. And you can still perform like that. Whereas Mike Davis still had his gym. American had a very different outtaker at the time. Okay, well done. Brilliant. Don't worry about the loss. It's a good start, that. Uh, he then has that no contest, doesn't he? Um, with the eye poke. That's he right. beats David and armour. Good, good victory. But he looked within himself a little bit. It was a little bit more of a reserve didn't get, performance. Didn't they
0: have the... Uh, wasn't the, the eye poke fight was re, re, remade as well and then pulled? Fell off.
1: Yeah, yeah it fell, fell off. off. Yeah,
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and then he loses to Ludovic Klein. No, no. Listen, Ludovic Klein's a good fighter, but Absolutely. he he has he did look within himself a little bit. That absolute ferocious ball of energy that burst into yeah. the UFC yeah. seemed to have just taken a step back. So to come out of the UFC, I think it's, it's a brave situation for him to come out, go back to Cage Warriors where he's he's comfortable and he knows it. He knows that level, mm-hmm. and to just get off the mark in in July in fantastic fashion. He came back first round victory. He looked, he looked like the old Mason Jones again. He looked like the old guy. So I think this is good. You can take a lot of inspiration from what Reese McKee did. Come back. You, you've seen the level now. You've seen what the crack is. Maybe you were too young. I don't know. Come back. Mm-hmm. Have a little bit of a do. Have another little bit of a run here at Cage Warriors. The opportunity is going to come again because you're fucking super talented. It's going yeah, to yeah. come. And then in the second run, very similar to what Reese uh, McKee doing. Are you ready have we, we can have we can have a go at it. Um so I like this. I like Mason being back in Cage Warriors. I think he's super entertaining as well. And he's and you know full well he's going to put on a show. He vibes off the crowd, doesn't he? Dublin crowd are going to go. Even though he's a Welsh boy, they'll fucking go for him and they'll uh, they'll give him a little bit of love and I anticipate that he'll be great again at the weekend.
0: Yeah I think that the, the problem with Mason is or, or was I should say is that he's he's tough as nails and he loves a scrap. And for a long time in Cage Warriors, he, he just had more will. He didn't need his skill because he had more will than everybody else. And that's that seems to be Mason's default. He's very talented. But he loves a fucking scrap. <laughs> yeah, but we love it. that. We yeah, of love course. That. that's and why, that's we why we're big fans of him. And we we love the fact that, you know, more often than not, he just go fucking let's just have it because I want it more than you. And that worked on Cage Warriors. It worked across two different weight divisions on Cage Warriors because he had the talent and the will to outdo anybody. The problem is when you go to the next level, and the UFC is indeed quite clearly the next level, everybody has the will and a lot of people have the skill. And you can't just run through people. You can't just do what you did at Cage Warriors at a certain level of opponents and rely on your cardio fitness and your attitude to bring you through fights. Cause technically you're going to get in there with people who are smarter than you, who are more intelligent than you, but also may have the same amount of will as you as well. That is as fit as you, that more experience that can maneuver their way through fights, you know, in cage warriors. And I love cage warriors, but you know, most of the guys in there are less than 10 fight novices. A lot of people who are talented, a lot of people who've got, you know, potential records. It's, it is what it is. It's the breeding ground for the UFC. It sells itself on the fact that it's had more Cage Warriors alumni have gone to the UFC than any other promotion. That's what it's all about. So like young fighters with growing records gravitate to Cage Warriors in the hope of winning Cage Warriors Gold and then getting signed by the UFC. Yeah. So you don't you, it's very rare you see any veterans, any guys who had 30 or 20 or 30 fights, guys yeah, that have got Bellator, a lot of experience. Yeah. So when you go to the UFC. And there's guys of that caliber, of that veteran status, with that kind of experience, you become bread and butter. Okay, here's another kid with all the talent in the world, but hasn't quite figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. And hasn't quite figured out how to pace of fight, distance of fight, win rounds. This guy just comes as a ball of energy and explodes in the moment. Okay, I know to handle that. And that's why people like Ludwig Klein were able to figure Mason Jones out. Now, what Mason's done is, and you're right, he's gone, right, you know what? I can be better than that, <clears throat> but not on this stage. I'm going to come away, come back to this stage, refine your skills, find that bit of age, that bit of maturity, that bit more patience. And then when I do go back to that show, I'll be on a completely different level. And I believe Mason can do that. I think he's talented enough. Absolutely to be back in the UFC one day. There's no rush right now. He's back at Cage Warriors, he's back learning, he's back building that experience. And when he gets back to the UFC, he'll be more than ready to go on a proper run next time around. It's just a learning. Listen, that's why a lot of fighters wait. You know, a lot of look at Paddy the Baddy. Um, who was the other the, the other one that got offered the contract? About 50. Um, Jimmy Manower. Jimmy. Jimmy got Jimmy got offered two or three UFC contracts, kept going nope, nope, nope. Not interested. Like Tom Aspinall, he pushed it, pushed, he said no as much as he could until Cage Warriors went, we can't get you any opponents, Tom. And he went, I'll have to go to the UFC then. Sometimes the first call isn't the best time to go especially in the in the men's. women slightly different, you know, and we'll talk about Melissa Dixon who jumps into the UFC this weekend in a sec. When the when the opportunity comes as, because of the lack of depth in talents, you've just got to go and learn on the job, just like Molly is. She's winning and she's losing. She's learning on the job. It's different for the men's weight class, especially the lightweights, because it's so fierce, so competitive. There ain't no easy touches in the lightweight division in the UFC. So yeah, I think I'm glad Mason's back. I'm still on board with the journey. Double dragging all the way, baby. And one day when we get back there, he will be a completely different Mason Jones second time around.
1: Yeah. Fight past your destination for that. Go and have a little bit of a look at those two. There's a couple of others on there as well. It should be a decent night if you've got a ticket. I think you're in for a good night in Dublin. Yeah. Uh, Always always puts on a good show. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Um, And then you've got the UFC uh, this weekend. I'm fascinated by this main event. Sadiq Yusuf, uh, a guy that I highlighted a couple of years ago as my one to watch in the world of MMA, Um, taking on Edson Barboza in the main event at Feather. Uh, obviously, Sadiq Youssef ran into our very own Arnold Allen, fell short, great fight, very technical, just fell short on that particular uh, night. And he's taking on a guy that Nick Apsley, Ab- I think you actually do have Edson Barboza pajamas, mate. I think you uh, you do love this fella uh, incredibly. Uh, but it's it feels like, and maybe you're going to correct me in a minute, mate. It does feel like a, a real opportunity for a coming out party for Sadiq Youssef. He has he's had a few matchups recently uh, that have that have just fallen off. Like for example, he had the Jika Kigadze fight that was made. Uh, it didn't materialize, and then he ended up getting done. Shanice uh, as a replacement, which, you know what I mean? People, he, it probably even passed the majority of people by that fight because you were all excited about uh, the GK Kikadze fight. He had Edson Barbosa previously booked as well. It didn't materialize. Then he ran into Arnold Allen and then lost, so it went against him. But he's been great. He's been brilliant in the UFC. He's looked really, really good. Beating people like Andre Feely and Shaman Marias. I know that he went off into the PFL, uh, but he's looked good. This feels like the moment now for Sadiq to go and show what Sadiq is all about because he is taking on a name, a big name in Edson Barboza. But if you look at it, it seems that the timing is right because out of the last 11 fights that Edson Barboza has had in the UFC, he's lost seven of them and he's losing to strikers as well, which is unusual. Sadiq Yusuf is an elite striker. Matchup-wise... It is set for an absolute cracker if Sadiq is younger, which he is fresher, which I think he is and a little bit sharper and switched on. And at the and at the IQ level that I think he is, I think we could have a coming out party for Sadiq Youssef this weekend. Well, that's what it's being set up for. It reminds me a little bit
0: about last week's main event where Grant Dawson was being set up for a coming out party against um, Bobby Green. Yep. And we all see what happened there, kids. Um, and, yeah, listen, I've got a real affinity with Edson Barbosa. I know him. I know his wife, who's his manager, really well. From my time of fighters only, I used to – Edson was in the magazine nearly every month, man. He was one of my favorites. On the back of, you know, knocking out one of my good mates. So, uh, so yeah, I, I will always back Edson Barbosa. I, I still don't understand how he makes featherweights. I've got no idea because he was a massive lightweight. But you're right, he's not in the best form right now. He is four and seven. But if you want to extend that, you know, it Mm. it probably looks even worse. He's like seven and seven. But when you look at who he's beaten and who he's losing against, like going back to 2015, I just want to rattle it off because there's a lot of names here. He beats Paul Felder, he loses to Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson at that time was the guy being lined up to fight Habib. He was Habib's main rival in that talk when Connor was missing and everything else he lost the fight of the night against Tony Fergus, he then beats Anthony Pettis. he then beats Gil Benendez he be- then beats a future contender in Benil Dariush then gets an opportunity against Habib in basically a f- almost the final eliminator for a title opportunity loses a points decision to Habib then loses to Kevin Lee but beats Dan Hooker then he goes into this run of form that you're talking about right now, 2019 onwards. Loses a fight of the night with Justin Gaethje. That was chaos for about three minutes until Gaethje laid them out. It was unbelievable. Then he lost a split decision to Felder, who he'd just beat a couple of years before. Then he loses a split decision on his featherweight debut to Dan Ige. Okay? There come the wins now. Does Mahwan Amir Carney? Okay. Does Shane Burgos knocks him out? Gets beat by Giga Kakadze, very much a wrestling specialist. Gets beat by Bryce Mitchell, very much a submission specialist. Then last time out in his only fight of 2023. Performance of the night bonus for a first round knee knockout, if you remember, over Billy Q. He's not washed. He's not done. The guys is losing against a very high level guys. The guys is losing lost to recently, Kakadze and Bryce Mitchell, are both top 10 guys based on grappling. So they're very grapple-heavy guys. I think Sadiq Youssef is far more of a striker, which should play into Edson's hands. Again, you're right. It's young versus old. It's veteran versus prospect. It's all those superlatives. But just like Bobby Green last week, you're fucking mental if you think Sadiq Youssef's got a layup here. Because Edson Barbosa's ain't, ain't no one's layup. I'm not saying you are. but I'm just saying he ain't no one's layup. This is a proper fight.
1: It's absolutely a proper fight. But as I look at it, I'm favoring Sadiq Youssef. I think Sadiq Youssef comes through here. Edson's going to come to fight. Edson only fights one way, doesn't he? So therefore, that creates opportunities. And if Sadiq Youssef is the guy that I think he is, he went hammer and tong with uh, Arnold Allen. I think he's learned, it's quite evident that he's learned since that defeat and he's he's stepping up his game. He's just been crying out for that name. This is the name. This is the name. Go and take the name, son, uh, and go and punch your ticket in the division. I'm expecting... A quality performance from Sadiq Youssef this weekend. Would I be surprised at a spinning wheel kick knockout from Edson Barbosa? No. <laughs> but I'm going uh, Sadiq Youssef on that one. Just having a quick um, look
0: down there, because obviously this is Yusuf's first ever five-rounder, his first ever yeah, his first. Main, <clears throat> main event. Um, but I'm just having a look there. Edson Barbosa's been main event three times. Against Chikadzi. he got stopped in the third round. Against Gaichi. He got stopped in the first in the first round, and against Kevin Lee, he got stopped in the fifth round. Kevin Lee uncut. did miss weight, but cuts that wasn't it. It was yeah, yeah. But it, Kevin Lee did weigh in over oh. overweight as well, so he's not got the best record over five rounds or in the main event or whatever you want to package it. But he does have the experience of at least being the guy on the poster, which is something new to uh, to his opponent. So listen, that's again. This is set up for Yusuf, but last week was set up for Dawson. I'm going Barbosa, man. Fuck it. I'm going Edson by knockouts. Why the hell knock?
1: <laughs> um, it's a mad little card, this. As I'm looking down here, there's some uh, quality fights, obviously, on the, on the main card. Uh, In particular, Jonathan Martinez taking on Adrian Yanez. Everybody knows listen on this show we've been huge fans of adrian yanez uh talking about him extensively um over the last couple of years but he has had a couple of bumps and this is going to be a this is going to be a test now uh to see where adrian yanez is at and whether he can or whether he has gone away worked refined and come back um a little bit different because as a striker mate he is beautiful to watch
0: he's phenomenal you know, and and you can't let one loss <clears throat> derail all the good work he, that he put in before it. You know, he he looked like a future star. He looked like he had everything going for him, and then he got he got chinned by Rob Grant. You know, Rob Grant hit him with that right hook. Rob took Font. His head off. Rob Font, sorry. Took his head, nearly took his head off his shoulders with that right hook in the opening rounds. Gets the finish back in April. But that derailed something like a 10-12 fight win and run. For him, in and most of that was in the UFC, come through the contender series. Then he's beaten like Randy Costa and Davey Grant and people like this. So, one loss can't define him, but how does he bounce back from it? That's the that's what's on Adrian Yanez right now. How does he bounce back from that one defeat? Can he keep pushing forwards against an opponent that himself is in real good form?
1: Yeah.
0: Let me just kill that call. He was, he was himself in really good form. Ironically, Davy Grant played the part again. Davy Grant was the guy that beat Jonathan Martinez. But since then, Jonathan Martinez has put it all together the last couple of years. And last time out, you know, he beat Cubby Swanson. He beat Sonoma Magomedov, which is always a great name to have on your ledger as well. Reason right now, that, <clears throat> that's probably the pick of the fights on this card, on the undercard, to be honest with you. Although Petrosky versus Perea, Perea is a belter as well.
1: Yeah mate it's a it's a good stylistic matchup that as well Jonathan Martinez and Adrian Yanez yes okay they can grapple and yes okay they've got a couple of submission victories on both their uh, ledgers but the strikers they both want to stand they both want to they both want to kickbox and uh, they're both incredibly quick and nippy and nimble creating crazy little angles uh that bantamweight fight without any shadow of a doubt for me is uh is the highlight i like Jennifer Meyer against uh, Vivian Araujo i think it's going the distance if i'm honest i don't think you're going to get anything majorly viral in there you're probably going to get it from uh, the Martinez and Yanez fight. I think that could be classed as a, a, a fight of the night. Uh, Christian Rodriguez against uh, Cameron Simon as well. Um, we've spoken about uh, Cameron on several occasions. Quality. Uh, a good friend, training partner of uh, DDP. Um, mate, and he's coming through good. He's only a young boy. He, he speaks so well. Again, uh, he trains with Drica, so he does it all out of South Africa. Um, but this is a step up again, a beautifully even even matchup. When you look at both of these lads' records, you've got a nine and zero against a nine and one. I think that's a really good fight to kick off the main card.
0: It's a good one for Christian Rodriguez because we you know, we went big on Rodriguez prior to his fight with um what's his name? The the young kid who he beat, Raul.
1: Oh yes, 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 yes. Rossas Jr.
0: Rossas Jr. He beat Rossas Jr., didn't he? And going into that fight, everyone was obviously talking about Rossas Jr. and the fact that this kid had had a loss on his UFC debut. And we were like, nah, man, this Christian Rodriguez is better than Rossas Jr. on the feet, and he's more than capable of live with him on the ground. And he, and he, and obviously he gave Rossas Jr. his first loss. This kind of reminds me of that a little bit of Simon's coming in as this prospect, this undefeated guy out of South Africa. He's on the coattails, was mate but he's absolutely running through everybody. And Rodriguez is like, nah, man, yeah, bring me. Bring me these O guys. I eat these O's for breakfast. So that, it, that's an absolutely cracking fight. I think we get a finish in that as well, but it could go either way. This is not going to be the same and show, far from it. Rodriguez could be the guy that runs through everybody. Uh, and then the other one I like on it, as I say, Pajaya versus Petrosky. Pajaya's up at middleweight. We, we know what he's capable of, but is that past him now? He had a long time out of the game. He's trying to put it all back together. You've got Petroski on the opposite corner who's just a fucking killer that just ragdolls people all over the place for fun, that fucking you know regularly enters jiu-jitsu and grappling tournaments and rolls with heavyweights. So he's a big, strong dude, man. This is about can Paheya keep the distance and keep it standing, or if, Petrosky gets his hand on a man. He's going for a ride and it'll be a painful one as well.
1: What do you make of um, the prelims? Again, we see Terence McKinney's name there. I'm just tapping in where uh, his record's at, because obviously we've seen him in. I mean, Cameron Simon is a fighter, obviously on this card that has already taken the scalp of uh, Terence McKinney. Uh-huh. Um and he burst. I remember him bursting onto the scene without crazy. What was it? Seven? I'm just trying to find the timing of that knockout. Like it was like five, six, seven seconds or something crazy. And everybody went wild on him. But he's just. I don't know whether it's a confidence thing. I don't. I don't know where he's at right now. But it just seems to be like all over the place, doesn't it? The career. Yeah.
0: But he's got. He's got the most amazing background, has not he? Where he died a couple of times before he was resuscitated. He was a. A drug addict, and most people who've talked about him and have seen him on UFC shows, has probably seen the videos now, the surveillance cameras from the police where he's just completely and utterly off his tits in some entry somewhere. Fucking God only knows what he's been putting in his body. Uh, and the police basically have to fucking kill him to suppress to him. And he gets brought back in hospital. His journey's been insane. Then he coming to the UFC, as you say, he had some amazing moments against Matt from Volan and people like Seven. that. And-
1: there you go. I found it. Seven seconds. There you go.
0: There we go. And uh, fear Ziam, who, as we know, is a hot prospect great out of fire. Paris, who's put it all together. He had a great win there. But then he won into Drew Dober, and then he got Bonfim, and he, it just hasn't been able to get that momentum going again. He was due to fight. Listen, Duncan. I, 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 it, that's I, been cancelled. No... That was this weekend, wasn't it? Chris yeah. Duncan fight was supposed to be this weekend. Yeah. Chris Duncan pulled out.
1: There's no shame on a Drew Dober. Like we said, Drew Dober's got the most amount of knockouts in the division. You know, there's no shame in these... Uh, these losses, Israel, Israel uh, Bonfim, we've been big fans of his. It, it It's the performance it, it more so, mate, for me. He, he just yeah. looks like, I don't know whether his head's not right or he is maybe one-dimensional. Maybe he's just grappling. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe that's what he is. Um, which is a shame because he does have that person. Like you say, he's got a great story. He's got the personality, hasn't he, to be able to carry something of, of, of a decent level. This is big this weekend. Big test for him, confidence-wise. Oh. Especially
0: well, like with it being a last
1: minute.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Marotti's coming in, making his UFC debut. He's stepping in for Chris Duncan, who got injured. Marotti's, you know, trying to legitimize himself as a, you know, you can't really look at his 8-1 and one record and go, that's a dangerous fight because it's at a level way below the UFC. So Terence McKinney needs to put a statement in and needs to show that this kid's jumping up levels and it'll be too much. But it's one thing losing to a Chris Duncan, who started his UFC career really well, Something else
1: comes into a kid who's making his debut. Yeah. Listen, I'd love to see some momentum for McKinney. Last time out, he delivered some viral moments, didn't he, with the punches. He got himself around one knockout. Looked good. I thought the matchup was really good for Chris. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was a really good matchup for Chris Duncan. Going in there to take that name because I'd fancy Chris Duncan in that fight all day long. It's a shame that he got injured. Um, But also on the flip side of that, I do like Terrence McKinney. So I would like him to get a little bit of momentum and maybe create a little bit of something uh, to get to a, a certain level of fight. Uh, you've mentioned her a couple of times already. Melissa Dixon makes her uh, UFC debut this weekend, taking on Irana Alexiva.
0: The Russian Ronda. That's what they call her. The Russian yeah. Ronda. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What do you make of it?
0: Uh, Listen, it's an opportunity for her. It's a great opportunity because they're both in a very similar place. You know, they've got very similar records. They're both just starting off in their career. I would say that Melissa's got more experience because she had an extensive amateur career. She had quite a lot of amateur fights. She fought for England. She went to like a European championship. She might have even been to a a world championships. So she had a, a good amateur career up until the pandemic. She turned pro in 2021. And since then, you know, she's been fighting on golden ticket promotions. She's based out of Coventry. She had a couple of fights over in France as well on that Aries promotion, which is making some good matchups these days. That was last year. Uh, and she's gone undefeated. You know, she's she's undefeated in, in five fights. Um, Alexeva, the Russian Ronda, based out of Russia. I, I, there's no record of her amateur experience, but that's not to say she hasn't got any. Um, and she's five and one in a pro career as well, so both in a very similar place right now. Um, great opportunity for Melissa to hit the ground running. She's thirty-two years of age, so it's not like she's a baby, but she's got a couple of good finishes on there. I think like she's got f- three first-round uh, knockout finishes in five fights, so that potentially highlights that she's got some power in there as well. So yeah, it's uh, she couldn't have asked for a better first fight in the UFC. But at this stage, it's all unknowns, isn't it? It's all unknowns because, you know, I think, uh, sorry, the Russian girl's had one. She's had one fight in the UFC. She won it against Stephanie Egger. That was a first-round knockout with a knee, a first-round submission with a knee bar. Sorry, I'm just checking there. But she did miss weight. So, yeah, amazing opportunity. More Brits in the UFC. Absolutely sign me up. And judging by Melissa's social media, this week, I've been kind of following her. She's been signing the posters and checking in. She's fucking loving every minute of it. So uh hopefully it all goes well for her.
1: Does um Darren Elkins of the worst tattoo in the USC discuss? There's some bad ones. I'm gonna be there's I'm just, I'm just having a look there. I'm. you are, yeah. I've there's, um, there's a
0: lot of competition.
1: Is this the, the shot da- wave
0: thing on us? What's it say?
1: The damage on his chest.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. it's it's, it's up there. <laughs> It's up there. My favorite used to be Brian Stan's tattoo, which says pasta on his arm. That's fucking legendary pasta. I remember meeting Brian Stan and I was like, can I ask you why have you got pasta tattooed on your arm? And he was like, huh? I went, you've got the word pasta tattooed on your arm? And he was like, it's it's like a tribal thing. And I was like, it says pasta. And if you look at it, honestly, go and Google it. Brian Stan's got a tattoo on his arm. That's supposed to be some kind of like tribal swing I'm or something, look. or and it actually says pasta. No word of a lie. Pasta. Unbelievable. Who was it who had the Johnny Cash tattoo that didn't look like Johnny Cash? There's been there's been some whoppers. Here's another one. <laughs> Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler's tramp stamp on his back. I asked Love Robbie Lawler what that meant as well. And he was just like, no idea. I'm like, I didn't say it to Robbie Lawler, but I, I was thinking. Mate, you look like some two dollar stripper. That's like a proper tramp stamp across the back of your back.
1: Really How have you identified that? That says pasta. Pasta. I'm I'm getting the picture now. That's an absolute belter that you've got there, mate.
0: <laughs> because it does. Isn't it? it.
1: No, I get it. It does.
0: Say like pasta.
1: It. No, it looks. It. I can understand why he thinks it's a tribal thing.
0: But it says pasta.
1: It, yeah. <laughs> Told you. Just say something, Matt. (laughs) They are letters. That is not tribal. (laughs) He's been said right up there,
0: hasn't he? he It's like when you see fighters with Chinese symbols and they're not Chinese, and you're like, you've got no idea that that says toilets next left. You think it says, like, you know, spirituality or, you know. (laughs) Toilets next left. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, now. Brilliant.
1: Right. There you go. That's your weekends of MMA. Uh, Dublin. Uh, is the destination for Cage Warriors. Make sure you're checking that out. And obviously, uh, the UFC will be serving up some good stuff uh, as well as we've just highlighted there. A great main event. Two strikers that are definitely going to go at it. Core men will be decent uh, with Jennifer May taking on Vivian Araujo. I'm not anticipating anything majorly viral in that. But Jonathan Martinez before it against Adrian Yanez could be potentially fight of the night. It's an absolute crackerjack, that. Uh, so there you go. Get stuck into it. We'll be back maybe slightly earlier next week to give you this review we're getting on a plane yeah yeah
0: we're going to see volk we're We're
1: gonna go see volk hopefully we'll get to see hamza we'll get to see uh islam i'm uh believe i'm led to believe that mr the chief will be uh, in town as well because he's been working extensively with the islam makashev for this particular camp so hopefully uh habibi's in town too um we've got british fighters there man We've got some uh, good British talent as well that have got Whoa, uh, Nathaniel. Yeah, Nathaniel's got an opportunity to fight out there as well, so I'm looking forward to seeing him do his thing too. Uh, so we'll give you um, an early review and then plenty of content next week. The minute we touch down, we'll just be churning it out from Abu Dhabi, keeping you up to date and close as we possibly can to all the action. So make sure you subscribe to us, fightdisciples.com. Uh, that's where we are if you need an audio feed, and on YouTube, hit the button. Fight Disciples on the subscribe there and you'll never miss out on any of our content. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.
0: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.